Hello and welcome to Naked and a Little Bit Afraid with Mel and Kay. Join us as we peel back the layers into a space of vulnerability, unfiltered, unscripted, 100% us, fully clothed. All right, guys, we have something special for you tonight. I went to yoga and um, I found my friend Kendra there. We haven't hung out in ages. And I was like, oh, my gosh, hey. And she's like, hey, you want to come to my hot tub tonight? I'm like, yeah, I do. But I also have to record a podcast. So I'm only coming to your hot tub if you want to be on my podcast. And she's like, done. So now here we are with Mel. She's pretty jealous that she's not in this hot tub with us. But... (laughs) We're ready. And Kendra said yes. So welcome, Kendra. Thank you for having me. I feel very honored. And this is uh, not how I wanted, thought my night would go, but this is great. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Unfiltered and unscripted. Here we go. And totally put on the spot yes. <laughs> like our last guest. <laughs> and that just segues right into what I'm fired up about right now in my life. And tell how, us, yeah, oh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. <laughs> I am sick and tired of this world being freaking black and white. Where are us gray folks supposed to hang out? I'm gray and I don't know where I hang out and where I fit and I'm getting really annoyed. (laughs) Same, same. Oh my gosh. And just case in point, like this podcast, something very medial and minuscule in one's life. But had we kept it black and white, you would not be in a hot tub, hot tub, trub, hot tub, <laughs> sipping some wine. Kendra would not be here. But no, it's gray, folks. We go with the flow. Oh, it's just starting to irritate me because this life, there, nothing is black and white in this life. Absolutely nothing. And people are losing friendships. People are losing relationships. People are losing themselves because they're trying to fit in this paradigm of black and white, this dichotomy that just does not exist. And for us to grow and for us to expand ourselves, our beings, our minds, and to impregnate this world with all these amazing ideas, you can't sit in an echo chamber. You got to find people that don't think like you. And half of the problem is people don't know how to have respectful dialogue when they don't agree. So we just stick to black and white. And I'm over it. (laughs) I'm over it too. (laughs) I know. Okay. Oh, man. So you told you I'd get fired up. (laughs) Um, those are my favorite conversations when I can have a very respectful and open conversation with someone that doesn't share the same beliefs as me, because there's always something to be uh, learned on both sides. And I agree. I think there's a lot of controversial topics in this world. And um, let's talk about them. And let's actually be able to have differenting uh, views without taking everything so damn personally. No, I completely I mean, we've said it before, Ryan and I are like fairly opposite on every single thing, but our connecting value is respect and dialogue. And we work very well, in my opinion, again, but like, because we can sit down and be like, Hey, I don't agree with you. Yeah. I don't agree with you either. Let's talk it out. Let's see if we can find some common ground. And if we can't cool, like I still love you. You still love me. Sweet deal. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Do you think, Mel, that like the ego plays like such a huge part in that whole dynamic, oh. right? I was, I follow this um, guy named Timber Hawkeye. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He does oh. this like, uh, like Buddhist boot camp and he's, um, he actually lived in a monastery for a while. He's just, he, I, I love reading his stuff because he's super down to earth, but he um, had this, I, I won't remember it all, but he was talking about this very thing. And like, let's say two people see the same color green, but of course they're not going to see the exact same shade. So like who is right and who is wrong. And at what point in the day do you just like, you know, at the end of the day, that doesn't matter right or wrong. It's just that you both have differing views and yours is okay. And theirs is okay. And that's just the way that it should be. So I'm, I'm with you on the gray. It's or green, whatever shade. <laughs> Any shade of gray. Well, and I think that's so true. Like when you were saying this, man, I had something great. And then you were like, green. And I was like, oh, that's funny. Um, <laughs> oh, what was I going to say? It's coming back. Okay. Keep going. It'll come back to me. Like was everything it does. Ego? It was about the ego, but it was something else too. It'll come back. It always does. If yeah, you followed along, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll trail in eventually. And I also just want to say, like, uh, we have all had extremely different life mm-hmm. um, experiences. So we also see things through our experiences, too. So, of course, we can't all agree on the same thing. And, um, you know, I think I've, mm-hmm. I have found my, oh, you got it. Okay, Mel, take it away. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> the suspense is killing me. Oh, my God. I can't do this, guys. I was just about falling asleep here. <laughs> the brain doesn't work. Oh, fart nuts. <sighs> what was I going to say? Okay, keep going. I'll just write it down in my notes. Keep talking. <laughs> in those show notes that we don't make? <laughs> yeah, precisely. Okay, you go. All right. I I really, I okay, yeah. Um, okay. One thing from my personal life here, and I haven't really talked about this publicly, but since we're on this topic, well, we're not really, but we're about to be, um, is okay. In like on, oh, she's writing, uh, on Friday, I'm going to be in Toronto and I'm going to start the journey of donating my eggs. And that is a very controversial thing. And a lot of people feel different ways about it. And I love having conversations about it because there's people that are very close to me that absolutely do not agree with what I'm doing, but we're still able to discuss it. And I still can see it from their point of view, but they're not me. So they don't get to decide that for me, but we can still have that conversation. And that is where that respect comes from, comes in. And I, I love that because, you know, I'm still going to do it because I feel in my heart that it's right. Um, and they don't have to agree with it, but I still respect their opinions and their views because they've had different life experiences than I have. So there we go. A hundred percent. And I think too, when it comes to talking and having that respectful dialogue, a lot of times too, you have to think to yourself like, okay, I might not agree with you. Are you causing any harm to anyone? Like, are you intentionally hurting someone? Like if you're not like you can, it's your life. 
I am not in control of you and you are not in control of me. And what I was going to say is that in this moment, we're just doing the best we can do. And we might look back in here and be like, well, that wasn't great. But in that moment, that was the best that we could do with whatever we were offered. And to judge someone on that moment and to label them as something bad, evil, whatever you want. How can you do that? Because you have those moments too. Just because it's not within your paradigm, just because it doesn't fit with your narrative does not mean that mic is going everywhere. (laughs) Does not mean that you can't still respect that person and sit down with that person and inquire like, why, why Kaylin are you called to do this? Or why, you know, I just, it makes me sad that that is being lost Mm -hmm. because this world is going to lose a lot. I agree. Totally. I think people, you know, if, if more people started coming at it with like way less judgment and more curiosity, mm-hmm. right. Then it, it takes that factor out of it. And then you, then you can have like a simple conversation. I don't know. Yeah, no, I completely agree. People are just dicks. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I do think that's part of it. I think honestly, over the last three years, what is it now? Three years. We've had some pretty monumental things happen within our society and it has hardened us to some degree because that's kind of how a lot of us had to go through and make it through was I I don't have the capacity to think of another's view. I do not have the capacity to sit with someone and listen to their view. So I'm just black and that's what it's going to be. If you say white, too bad. I'm black. So we're just not going to have this conversation. Peace. Yeah. And a lot of people are like that. And you're right. Like in the past couple of years, there have been some heavy, heavy topics going on in the whole world. And I don't know, I find too, with social media now, it's just opened up this floodgate Mm -hmm. of people feeling like they always need to share their opinion on everything. And sometimes it's like, you know what, it's okay to just be quiet also. <laughs> like maybe just listen for a little while, but it's just, there's just so many more avenues than there used to be, you know, to to share yes. the things and 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 state your feelings. And and that that's also playing a part in the disconnect also of like the face-to-face conversations, right? Everything is way easier to say when you're behind a keyboard or like a screen right when you're actually sitting like what's who you know me and in, in quotes Jesus here I go um I think it was uh Jody Carrington probably maybe she got it from someone I can't remember she said you know oh no maybe it was Brene Brown <laughs> I don't know she said lean in because it's a lot harder to hate close up right so like I feel like the closer mm-hmm. you get to someone in mm-hmm. that more connection piece that's added in you know when you actually truly try to get to the source of who the person is you know you're a lot less likely to hold judgment towards them and more willing to hear what they're actually saying i like that thanks jody carrington Brene brown whomever (laughs) it was one of them this is the thing the forefront yeah this is the thing about kendra like 
she remembers quotes word for word though so that's helpful when I try to resuscitate a quote she's like that's not how it is at all and I'm like that's not right. Well, uh, you're trying to recite a quote. I can't even remember what I was going to say 0.2 seconds ago. So. <laughs> well, we woke you up from a slumber. <laughs> um, anything else on this? I really like that lean in piece. Me too. I wish more people started to do that. And going back to social media and Instagram, where people feel like they always have to have, you know, give an opinion. I feel like it's almost expected of people now that on these big social justice issues, on all of this stuff, if you don't say anything, you're a bad person or you don't care. It's your page. You don't have to say anything. That doesn't mean you don't care. That doesn't mean you don't have an opinion. It means you don't want to put it on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or TikTok or whatever. Like, <laughs> but what? No. Oh. <laughs> like, I just honestly, and I've said this a few times. Sometimes I wish like social media would just implode, even if it's just for two, three months to give everyone a damn hard reset on life and maybe start authentic connections again and face to face. When I'm back from New Zealand. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, and also when I get the movement's website, I mean, the movement's website has to be up and running before this happens, but but I just sometimes, yeah, I I feel like conversations would become more in-depth if social media was just gone. Because also with the algorithm, if you think in a white manner, let's say you're hard fast on the, whatever, the right side, the algorithm's going to give you exactly what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So when you go to your search feed, the only things you are going to see are what you are holding true. So you're going to get nothing else. So of course, that's just going to continue to feed and feed and feed. So if you meet someone on the left, you're gonna be like, no, you're like out to lunch. You're the only person when really they're not. <laughs> then you meet a grave person. You're like, well, I don't even know who you are. So be gone. <laughs> yeah. Be gone. Be gone. <laughs> Off with her head. <laughs> Sorry, Kendra. I'm really trying not to touch you with my hairy legs. <laughs> That's okay. Go for it. It's it's a little bit crowded in here. <laughs> You're both trying to fit into the Zoom screen. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, yeah. Anyways, that's just kind of where it's been bothering me lately. And really lately with only within like the last two days, it's really made me quite like livid. So my oldest child, he likes to really antagonize me mm-hmm. all the time, um, especially when it comes to like Tom Hanks and that whole conspiracy theory. He just does it just to piss me off, but he can be very, very um, headstrong and stubborn and, you know, like proving his point. And uh, he and I, you know, he, he just has a very special way of pushing every single button that I have. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, he's also been my greatest teacher though, in learning how to, um, you know, manage how I react to him. 
So he's he's always probably going to be like that. I'm hoping he'll grow out of it one day. <laughs> but um, you know, I I read this thing or heard this thing, and it's like, you know, when they start to get louder, you start to get quieter. So I really put that into practice. And I, you know, at the end of it, I'm just like, you know what, Noah? Like, what do you need? Do you need a hug? <laughs> you know, like just it's the easiest way I feel to diffuse those people who are like, you can tell that they're completely elevated and they're very passionate about what they're talking about, which is great. And if I just happen to not agree with it, I find with certain people like that, it's easier to just, you know, take a step back, mm -hmm. you know, ask myself, is, is it, is it worth the fight? No, you know, just let them talk about what they need to talk about. And that's fine. It doesn't change who I am. It doesn't change what I believe. I don't have to state my piece, you mm -hmm. know? And I mean, that's, that's one way I think to, if you're like, find yourself in a situation with someone who's very confronting. Um, he's also very sweet. I just have to say that in case, in case he listens to this, I love you, Noah. <laughs> Um, but no, like, you know, when you get into, you know, I'm sure we've all come across those people who are just very, um, let's say, passionate about what they want to talk about, whether, you know, we think it's the right way or the wrong way or whatever way. But yeah, I think sometimes just getting quieter and just, you know, doing the head nod. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm, okay, yes. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> I hear everything that you're saying and you're completely wrong but continue <laughs> <laughs> but let's hug this out <laughs> no and I agree like you know uh hitting pause and being like is this worth my relationship probably not no because I mean and that's the power that we have right is like you also get to decide if you're going to participate in it or you know take a step back and that's Sometimes that's all you can do and you have to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we talk about this with our oldest, Rael, who's just a little firecracker. But like, we are not responsible for what people do to us. What we are responsible for is our reactions mm -hmm. to that. That is yeah. what we are responsible for. They yeah. like, we always say, who are we concerned with? We're concerned about ourselves, mom. 100%. <laughs> that's it. We can't control anyone else. So right worry about yourself that's right right who's in charge of who yeah. i'm in charge of myself yeah yes <laughs> takes us back to our kindergarten days oh. yeah. sometimes that's where you have to revert to honestly yeah it's like okay let's let's reel it in um i have talked about on the podcast uh that i was an educational assistant for five years and this is the woman that got me through it oh what do you do? I've just met Kendra. So what do you do, Kendra? I, I did do that for 10 years. And now I actually work at the town office. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Just had that education system. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> ooh. Clearview works upstairs from where I work now, like all the head honchos. And yes. which is a school division. I give them very hostile looks when they walk by the door. <laughs> I know. No shout out to you guys. Zero. <laughs> Zero. Spend yeah. the money on the kids. Yeah. Pro tip. Pro tip. Oh man. Public hey. health sectors. When when I was in yoga tonight with you though, I was thinking, I'm like, when did I meet Kendra? And do you know when it was? 2014. Yes. Yep. Yeah. 
yeah that's a long time ago damn near 10 years lifers yeah i was just a baby you were a baby and i took very good care of you i feel like i've guided her well on her life (laughs) actually she has she's like do you want to live this life i'm living no dump his ass (laughs) i did say that (laughs) you want to see your future look at me this is it run <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> you guys kind of do you totally look like family members too so if you were to say that to her it, you guys look very similar too yes. yeah 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 <laughs> sisters from another mister yeah who knows <laughs> <laughs> well it very well could be <laughs> Hey, mom. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Mel, since you don't know anything about Kendra, do you got a question for her? Something like deep and nitty gritty? Okay. First off, I want to know what prompted you to leave the educational system. I've heard Kaylin. How about you? Oh, okay. This one's pretty easy. So, <laughs> Um, it wasn't a big epiphany moment or anything like that. My neighbor that used to live beside me, um, her name was Amy, and she was an assistant. And I had just experienced a really, really, really hard loss in my life and um, was struggling. And at that point, I had been a stay-at-home mom. My daughter had just, my youngest had just started um, kindergarten that year. And uh, she came over one day and she said, you know, you I don't know if you're ready, but like, we're looking for assistance. I think that you would be like a really good fit. Why don't you just come try, you know, just get out of the house, just come apply and see what happens. And um, so I did. And I was like, all right, let's do this. Right. Something's got to shift here. So this is how she got in it, not out of it, but tell them, tell them about your interview. (laughs) Oh, did you ask how I got out of it? Out of, out of education. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I totally fucked that right up. Okay, no, that's well, okay, first, but I want to hear about your interview. It's important to tell this story. Yeah, yeah, it's important to tell you how I got in, and then I'll tell you how I got out. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, so, I mean, I hadn't been in the workforce for, well, probably 10 years or so, and I go to this interview, and I honestly don't even think I had ever really been in a technical job interview before now, right? It just was kind of like, you know, someone, whatever. So there's um the acting principal and then three teachers sitting in on this and so they're asking you know blah 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 blah. why do you want this job why do you think you'll be good at this on and on and on and then well first of all they asked me a question and I was like oh my god what the hell what did she just say I have no idea what she said and then I'm like I'm sorry can you repeat that and she's like um why why do you want to be, why do you think you'd want to be an educational assistant? And I said, well, you know, I always thought that I might be a teacher, but then, you know, life just like took a different turn for me. And then um, I, I, I met, I was just kind of like figuring out what I was going to do. And then I met this guy and then I got knocked up. And then now here we are. (laughs) I was like, in my mind, I'm going, oh my God, stop fucking talking. Stop talking. Stop talking. And it just like kept coming out. And they're like, just staring at me. And I'm going, there's no fucking way I'm getting this job. There's absolutely no way. And uh, I was wrong. They must've been super desperate because they're like, you're hired. (laughs) 
so yeah, then embarks the next 10 years of my life. Um, sunshine and rainbows. Sunshine and rainbows. I mean, we had the most pleasant kids and they were all lovely, but no. Someone spit in her face. Yes. And bit me. I've, had, me. I've had feces thrown at me. <sighs> it's, you know what? That's why I, when I talked so lovingly about the Clearview employees upstairs, uh, this is why, because we were like the bottom of the totem pole and like literally in the trenches and they were always continually trying to figure out ways to pay us less money. Like you didn't have a livable wage. And then, okay, so fast forward, um, I, you know, was going through a separation and my ex uh, said to me, well, you're going to have to get a better job. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. So I did. Uh, this job came up at the town and I thought this is perfect. I can roll over my, um, my, whatchamacallit, pension. Thank you, Kaylin. And I had benefits and it was like solid. I didn't have to worry every summer if I was going to have a job next year. And uh, yeah, so I, I, it was a complete 180. I had absolutely no idea. If I didn't know what I was doing at the school, this was even more so. Um, and pretty much bullshitted my way through that interview as well. And, but then I got hired and it was perfect and it's been awesome. And I, I'm, I don't regret the switch at all. Not even a little bit. And I was just exhausted. I knew I was done. It was like the height of COVID. Um, it was like Christmas of 2020. And I was just, I was just completely exhausted. The, the morale was so low and it was just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. It was, I had like zero joy in my life. And I'm like, this is absolutely not worth it. <laughs> not worth it at all. Yeah. But there was a lot of shining moments throughout the years. So, so it's good. I think that's so sad with public sectors now. Because mm -hmm. that's part, like, that's a lot of the reason I left nursing. I love nursing, but I was not fulfilled because of all the bureaucracy and crap mm -hmm. that came with it. And it's sad now because you see so many teachers, um, nurses, you know, everyone, healthcare yeah. or like AIDS, any, um, they're showing up, but they're so unfulfilled. So we've got yeah. this mass sector of individuals who are not living as whole well beings because. Their job just, it's not fulfilling in what has been set out, which exactly. is terrifying because mm -hmm. that's also going to potentially lead to the demise mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of places. For sure. It's, it's, a, it's a slippery slope for sure. And, you know, people need to start looking after their people mm -hmm. because, I mean, there's burnout is on the rise and it's just, it's, it's real life. And, you know, with inflation and living costs going up, but like, you know, people need these jobs. Like, it's not like you can't just be like, mm -hmm. you know, my ultimate dream. And I joke, I joke about this, but I'm, I'm not I'm totally joking, but you know, like the Chris Farley skit about like living in a van down by the river. And I'm like, you know what, that's actually kind of sounding really nice. You know, <laughs> like mm -hmm. I might, that might be my aim. When I get back, we can pool our money together and your kids will be grown and we'll be fine. <laughs> we'll just get a Winnebago and, you know, yeah. pick a nice spot. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like my mom and I were actually talking about this on the weekend. So my mom is a nurse as well. Um, and a lot of like my generation is starting to attempt to find that work-life balance which means as a nurse, they're picking up a particular point and they're not picking up extra.
because no, they applied for the 0.5. They're working a 0.5. They applied for it for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, whereas my mom's generation, it's like, well, no, you pick up to help the team. It's like, yes, but also there's a reason they applied for that because they have a young family and that's what works for their family dynamic, which is also causing a lot of burnout because you have people like my mom who just picks up and 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 you know she's off now with a hurt back like it's just (laughs) yeah it's treacherous waters yeah what else should we know about you Kendra I don't know oh yeah I guess I did answer the question eventually um anything I don't know yeah um you have kids how many kids how old are they I've got three uh, my oldest will be 21 this summer. Uh, this is where you both chime in and be like, no, oh my God, there's no way. Actually, I'm quite shocked. <laughs> that, I'm going to have to fact check that. <laughs> okay, I was 12 when I had him. <laughs> <laughs> lie. Yeah, total lie. No, so he'll be 21. Let's let's hear the story of him. How did he come to be? <laughs> um. Well... <laughs> I don't think he appreciates when I tell this story. <laughs> He's <laughs> Noah. <laughs> Noah was a miracle. He 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 fought his way here. He, he got here. Yeah, in good form. Strong <laughs> swimmer through everything. Yeah, through it all. Yeah. He made it. Yeah, it happens. Uh, it does. And you know what? I don't regret a single second of it because he is absolutely lovely and one of the three absolute joys of my life. Uh, which brings me to the second one, which is Van. Van Duff, as known to everybody. Um, he is 18. He just graduated. Um, he is preparing to be a rock star. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. If he needs backup singers. Yeah. So anyone guy. listening, if you're at um, the trade show this weekend in Stetler on Friday, he will. his band is playing there from 730 to 830. Oh, if I didn't have anything planned, I'd totally go and just rock out scream his name make a sign yeah no they're his band they're actually very very good they're they're getting a lot more exposure and and uh yeah they're doing great and then my my youngest leah uh, my girl she is 15 i know i'm like oh how did that happen but yeah it's yeah it's crazy they they you blink and then they're grown and you know you just you uh you do what you can and hope to God that you're doing your best and that they, you know, that you instill in them all the things, you know, that are good. And it's, it's a thing, um, you know, when they leave and go out on their own, you know, to just be like, oh man, (laughs) I hope they do all right. (laughs) You know, it's, it's hard to let go. It's hard to, you know, trust that, that they'll be fine. And that shit's full of all gray areas in there. I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine. Yeah. <clears throat> How's it raising a teenage daughter? Um, it's you know what I'm lucky uh, in a way because Leah is not your typical teenage girl, so I haven't had to deal with. I mean, yeah, I get some sass, but honestly, she is like a little dream. She is good. She <clears throat> are we are we diving in? Okay. So I'll tell you the story about Leah. Try to give you the shortest version possible. 
Um, so she, when she was little, <clears throat> she had like right from the get-go, you know, there was like something uh, different, like, you know, she was slow to start speech. So we put her in speech therapy and we thought at the time, like, you know, it was just because her brothers talked for her all the time and she just didn't really have to say much because everyone did everything for her. And then as time went on, um, like there was a few neurological um, things that were a little questionable. Like she had like one day out of the blue, just a, woke up with a, a stutter and it lasted for about three months. And then just as quick as it came, it was gone. That happened twice um, within the span of like a year and a half. Um, so she started kindergarten and um, she, you know, was, was like a little behind. And so then she had an aide and also went to speech uh, the whole time. And okay, fast forward grade one, she started doing these like wild, like eye rolling things. And right away, um, just because I worked at the school and the, the principal at the time um, had specialized in a lot of things and was kind of an old pro. And so she said, I'm really worried that she's having seizures. And I said, you know, I kind of was thinking that, but it's, it wasn't like the typical sign. Um, so we took her uh, to the doctor who then sent us to a pediatrician. We went for the EEG and uh, didn't hear anything back. And so being the mom that I am, you know, we called and, and they said, nope, uh, it's good. She's just got, it's an acute tick. So just don't draw attention to it. She'll eventually outgrow it. Um, okay. So we continued on, you know, she was still really struggling in her learning. Um, it, it just, this carried on for another two years. And so finally, I think it was like grade four. I was like, okay, this is like enough is enough. <clears throat> so it took us almost a whole year to get back into the same pediatrician. Um, and I came armed with like, letters and test results and everything from teachers principals her speech therapists like everything I was like I'm not leaving here because like we are missing something you know like I'm not leaving here until we figure it out so he was really pompous and kind of a cocky asshole and was like making her read these passages so now she's in grade five by the time we get there and uh, she can read fine but it was like the comprehension like there was like a weird delay between her thought when she thought it to when it came out of her mouth and so then um, he, he, he said, mentioned something about another EEG. And I said, well, what do you think would be different on this one than the last one? And he pulls out her chart and looks at it and like turns a whiter shade of pale and says, oh my God, <laughs> which is not the words that you want to hear, you know, when he's talking about your child. So it turns out um, he had completely missed her diagnosis of epilepsy um, when she had the initial EEG. So she had gone untreated for four years, having probably about 50 to 100 like mini like petty mal seizures a day, which is essentially like if you're watching TV and someone comes into the room and unplugs it for about nine seconds and plugs it back in, if they did that continually, like how much of that are you going to retain? you know, and she wasn't, she's not even aware that it happens. <clears throat> so I cried for probably a good month solid. Um, you know, it was devastating my, her life because, you know, when the kids were younger, they were really good. Like when we threw birthday parties for her, all the kids were really awesome. Like we said to never hold her back because the group that she was with was actually quite caring and understanding. And we knew a lot of them and their parents. And, <clears throat> and so, um, but you know, 
as she gets older and into so anyway so then we did we finally got her into the stallery to a neurologist got her on meds everything's under control but now she's missed out on those four prime prime learning years of her life so it's like she's always going to be behind and like the the neurologist told us you know if it takes her till she's 25 to get like to where she needs to be that's okay that's just there's so many different avenues out there like this isn't you know, you don't have to, this isn't um, the end of the story for her. Like, trust me. And I was like, okay. So, um, you know, getting on the meds and stuff, it was, it was, it was really shitty for her. And it's hard to watch as a mom because there's nothing you can really do. They're, they're pretty powerful, pretty potent meds. Um, but once she leveled out, it's been good. Um, but yeah, like the social aspect of everything and the loneliness, like, you know, when COVID hit, I actually was like relieved for her because it's like, nobody can see anybody anyway, you know, and it's not like she's being left out. Like, you know, she doesn't get invited to birthday parties. She, it's just, I remember what it was like, you know, when I was her age and the one day we were, her and I were in Red Deer and, and we were driving and she saw this group of girls on the bike path and she looked at me and she's like, you know what, mom? She's like, I just, I wish I had that. And I, you know, like I had to like look out the window and try not to cry. And I'm like, I know Leah, like, I really, really, really know. Like your heart just breaks for her because she's so sweet and she's funny and all of these amazing things. And it's like, it's not like anyone is outright mean to her, but she's just doesn't fit in, you know, the connection. Yeah. yeah. And it's, there's, there's, there is been a few you know, sprinkled throughout the years that have been really amazing and, and really good with her and inclusive and, and, uh, but it's, you know, she hangs out with me. <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's, it's been a tough go. Um, you just recently, we tried, um, the neurologist was confident that she had outgrown the seizures. So we started the process of weaning her off and that was a total fucking nightmare. And, uh, turns out she did not. So she's back on the meds, but it was probably about three months of pure hell for her, for me. And it was, uh, yeah, it was awful, but oh, smooth sailing now. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's it, in one way, it forces me to also think out of the box because I think of her future, you know, and like, okay, how are we going to, how are we going to do this so that she can be independent and successful and you know what kind of job you know would be suitable for her and you know like what can we do and you know it it really pushes you out of that black and white zone <laughs> yeah, for sure like for we sure. have we are huge in the gray over here like yeah um can i ask and we don't have to talk about this but how did you or have you found grace or how did you move on from the misdiagnosis? Because as a mother, that like pisses me right off. Oh yeah, uh, it, I'm not gonna lie. It took it took me a while. I was <clears throat> I held on to that for a bit. Um, just you know, especially if something happened in her life where you know it was a struggle for her, it just took me right back to that moment in his mm -hmm. office you know, and like, he didn't even say sorry. And I, yeah. you know, I just, I, I, I've, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I've let it go. Um, I, I honestly, I don't want to sleep over it anymore. Um, you know, but I, I did contemplate, you know, calling him up or writing him a letter and just saying, I just want you to know 
how you have affected her life. Um, there was actually a woman, her name is Judy Birdsell, and she's part of a group called Imagine. She reached out to me right after, like within that, like, yeah, within the next six months. So uh, Leia's grade four teacher um, knew her and kind of told her our story. And she, what they deal with mostly is um, fatalities from like, like things like this, you know, but usually they end up in fatalities, but and she said it's not to bash doctors or or anybody like that. It's just to bring more awareness. So she said, like she said, like what we see are the ones that are worst case scenario, right? When the outcome is awful, like someone missed sending um, a cancer diagnosis, right? When it could have been treated and wasn't, and they died. Um, so she said, think of um, those ones are the ones that we know about. She's like, think of kids like Leia or people like Leia who they haven't died, but it has dramatically altered their whole life. You know, so they wanted um, to they were their goal was to get to Ottawa just to make changes to the way that our system works. So they really were pushing for like real time results for us. So like she said, had you been had access to her results, I could have read it myself right? We wouldn't have had to wait on them and call and be told a lie and, and all that stuff. So um, things like that, knowing that there are changes being made and like how you can, you know, make positive impacts definitely helped to, to get over that hurdle of um, anger. I was really, really angry for a while. And after the sadness wore off, then I was like super pissed, <laughs> like really, really pissed. I wanted to like, you know, choke them, <laughs> hurt them really badly because he hurt my child, but, um, how, like, I mean, it's just time. And at the end of it, you know, I just had to decide like, you know, this is not affecting him at all, but it is affecting me. So do I want to continue feeling like this and harboring this? It's just damaging me and, you know, or can I choose to just, you know, move on put my focus onto something positive, which is like Leia and, you know, finding things for her and, yeah. Oof. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, you're yeah. welcome. Yeah, the real time results makes a huge. The fact yeah. that you can go in and read now is mm -hmm. huge because, again, I think as our healthcare system becomes more strapped, more and yeah. more of this is going to happen. Yeah, you do. I mean, everybody is human. You know, we mm -hmm. all make mistakes. It's really, really shitty and unfortunate when it happens to someone that you love. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but he is human. Um, you know, I've I've made a shit ton of mistakes in my life. So, you know, would it be awful if someone held it against me for the rest of my life? Probably, but you know, it's gonna affect them more than it is me. And that was at the end of the day my choice to like uh, to just decide, no, I need to move on from this, get over it. So we're moving on. Good mm -hmm. for you for advocating. Because I think yeah, also well, that's a lot of people just, well, they said nothing. Yeah, I, that's one thing that it did teach me is, you know, uh, <laughs> and it's nice. Like my mom, she like doesn't say shit if her mouth is full of it kind of thing. Like she always is trying to keep the peace. And, mm -hmm. and my stepdad just got diagnosed with stage four uh, melanoma mm -hmm. um, just at Thanksgiving. And, you know, they both were like, oh, no, like when they went, he wasn't doing well. So they went to emergency and he sat there and sat there and sat there and, you know, ended up leaving. And, you know, he didn't want to cause a fuss and all this stuff. And I was like, fuck that. No, I'm like, you get in there. Let's go get your shoes on. I'm taking you, you know. And so mm -hmm. 
um, they went had to go another time and and they said, oh, we, we pulled a page out of your book. We just got really pissed off and we were like, no, we're not leaving until we see a doctor. And I'm like, good for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you do have to advocate. You have to, you know, you have to, because otherwise you, you get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. And I mean, advocate for yourself. You pay for the system. Totally. Like it is there for you. So if yes. you do not feel like you are being served, you use your voice. Exactly. Because yeah. you pay taxes. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, it, and it's your health or someone mm-hmm. that you love's health. Yeah. Um, I have, like I said, known Kendra for a very long time. And in the oh my god in the sake of time um i'm gonna i'm gonna wrap this up and as i'm saying my very heartfelt thing towards you i want you to think of a question for mel and i okay it's called q and a with mel and k <laughs> okay you're gonna say something heartfelt and make her think yeah oh, but god. actually feel what i'm saying you know what you're saying and hear what you're saying the same time be thinking of something. well you can you can re-listen to this <laughs> okay honest to god Kendra I have known you now for like nine years and the amount of like shit that has been thrown your way and the hardships and the highs and the extreme lows and um the grief and um I don't know if I've known anyone else that have has had their life flipped completely upside down as many times as you have this life has fucked you hard. Calm down to me at the real things. <laughs> and um and just to see you go through it with like, you know, you acknowledge it, you feel it, and and you actually go through it. And that is something I've always appreciated about you. And um one thing that I wish that you would change is uh asking for more help. <laughs> I'm getting better. I you are that. getting better. Um, you know, I, th- I I think you think that you have to go through everything alone, and um, you know, you got some pretty solid people around you, and and you've been doing much better at that. But anyways, this isn't a lecture. I'm just saying, good job, and thank you for being such a positive role model in my life. Oh. It has been extremely good, and I really appreciate you. <laughs> I do. That was very sweet. Thank you, Kaylin. Um, and no, like there, yes, there are very important people in my life who sometimes, you know, when you don't know how to ask for help and they just show up anyway, that's, you know, it, it was a good reminder of all the great things in my life when everything literally felt like a fucking dumpster fire. And uh, I appreciate you saying all those wonderful things. Um, that's very nice. I our friendship has been one like that, you know, it hit the ground running and hasn't slowed down. And I think we're lifers. I really do. <laughs> when you have a friendship that's built in chaos. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. And I just want to say, Mel, it's been very lovely to meet you. And I hope that we can do this again. And I, I really am looking forward to meeting you in person. Um, was, yeah. I'm happy you came on. Thank you. Yeah. It was kind of Thank like... you for sharing you. <laughs> like thank you you do you radiate like I don't know how you're feeling right now but you do radiate like just a sense of peace and calm thank you I do I feel great right now I feel 
I feel, I feel peaceful and, and calm for sure. in my soul. Yeah. Took a long time to get there, but it it was great. Mm -hmm. Okay. Question. Wait, we got to do our segment. Take it away, Mel. (laughs) It's time for live Q and a with Mel and Kay. We're going to keep doing that now. We need, we need a show tune. Do a show tune, Mel. No, that's prices, right? Can't do that one. I don't got anything for you. Kendra, like, come on down. Like, the price is right. <laughs> Don't forget to spade and neuter your pets. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they they did not hear that. So, and and get them registered at the town office. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Any question? Um, what would you say? Uh, what do you think initially uh, drew you two together? Like what, 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 what attracted you to each other? Ooh, that's a good one. Huh. I just felt extremely comfortable. I felt Kaylin, when we were sitting with each other, it felt like I had known you for mm-hmm. years. It was just a space of comfort. It was a brave space. Um, where I just didn't get this vibe of, I had to close off. Mm-hmm. I could just say what I wanted to, when I wanted to. Um, and the fact that we also know someone in common <laughs> helped. <laughs> yeah. But um, I would have to say, yeah, that was, that was it for me. Yeah. And I honest to goodness just think that sometimes in life we have zero control. Well, most times in life we have zero control and the right people come to you at the right time. And uh, back in 2019 on that pullout couch, I didn't realize that I needed you. (laughs) Um, But I remember just like chatting with you and I'm like, wow, like she's too cool to have three kids already. (laughs) Well, and then you say things like touches and I'm like, ooh. (laughs) but we're working on it anyways um yeah and I was just like I was just drawn to you I'm like I there's there's more to this woman and I need I need to learn I or not learn well probably learn too but I need to know more and um it's it's weird how yeah 100% because we met so on the pullout couch and then we really didn't talk no then we had a little moment over commonality where we ranted and then we didn't talk yeah and then I posted an unfiltered picture and you're like oh I like that and then unfiltered coffee came from that I was your first guest yeah yeah and how we got here is just quite something to be honest folks yeah and yeah it's it is it is just that yeah that that feeling that I have known you my whole life and uh, that um just peace you know mm-hmm. you keep me grounded and that's important. I don't know how I keep you grounded because I'm the most vibiest human in the world. That is just a little fight rocket most of the time. Well, you keep me grounded because I have 5 billion ideas and then you're like, yeah. okay, all right, one at a time. And maybe it doesn't all need to happen. I know that I say that to you a lot, but like, also <laughs> I think we keep each other grounded because oh, we hundred percent each other. hundred <laughs> percent. But yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Well, yeah, I 
I mean, I remember seeing, I think it would have been, because you were on Unfiltered twice, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was the segment, your second one, when you did like that little TikTok about guess who's back, you know, and I saw you and I was like, oh my God, this chick is fucking awesome. I cannot wait to meet her. Like, this is so great. And it's, I'm not surprised that you two hit it off at all. Yeah. Caitlin was like, we need, or I don't remember how it went, but anyways, long story short, it was like, yes, make a commercial or make an info or commercial. I was like, okay, sold. And then I remember we watching it. I was like, wow. I pulled a, poured a lot of Baileys in that coffee. <laughs> and I was like, oh, there's a, cr- like, there's a crotch stain, like some smut on my, I'm like, oh gosh. <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was awesome. And Kaylin is always, she's always been really, and I totally get what you mean. Like, I think that's the thing. She's always been so accepting. Yeah. You know, like I never feel judged. I mean, she knows all probably all of my deep, deep, deep. There's times secrets. I have judged you though. <laughs> oh, well, forget what I just said because she's totally full of shit. She's she judges me all the time. <laughs> I do not. I don't judge her all the time. There's been some times where we both have had to judge each other and we've we've been in fair judgment. Okay, that is fair. Because that's, that's what best friends do. You gotta check yes. each other. You're like, yeah. mm, girl, that wasn't a good idea, you dummy. <laughs> Okay, that that's very fair. That kind of that is fair. Yes, but in you know, but I've never felt like I couldn't share those times with her. You know, yeah. Even even as judgmental as she can be at those times, no, she's great. And um, yeah, no, I I've learned just as much from her that she claims to have learned from me. So, you also have a very old soul. Yeah, you do, because I'm almost ten years older than you. So, right, I know. Yeah. (laughs) um okay well thanks for all of those nice words um (laughs) gotta bring you down a little bit now i'll figure out how to ground you and i'll send it to you tomorrow yeah okay and we got to remember when this launches that we're gonna reshare your reel that you made oh yeah 100 (laughs) percent. yeah bringing that bad boy back now that you're on the gram (laughs) i'm barely on the gram i'm like i don't know what i'm doing it's okay yes um okay mel well folks, any last thoughts oh well i thought you wanted me to end it any last yep, thoughts no i just find you know what this entire segment i just really enjoyed this is what i love about naked and a little bit afraid we just get melly basically ranting at the beginning and not remembering anything <laughs> then we come in and we get some stories about education and the healthcare, and then how you <laughs> met and i just love it <laughs> And, and I kidnap people from yoga. <laughs> oh, yeah. You just never know I what you're going to get. for a hot tub. <laughs> Pretty much. Good to know. Maybe one time we'll have one. Oh, but you're leaving soon. <sighs> just ruins all of our plans. For you're world and Doing your eat, pray, and loving and just putting us all on pause here waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> no. I, thanks, Kendra, for coming on. Thank you for sharing yourself and stories. And this was really good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was great. I, yeah. Yeah. There, KB, you got any final thoughts? Uh, you've come a long ways from unfiltered coffee. Oof, yeah. Unfiltered where I was 100% completely filtered. Completely. She, she wrote it out and then I made her put her notes to the side and then I choked. I was like, oh my God, I have no idea what I'm going to say. Oh, I can't say that. Oh, I can't say that. Yeah. Did Ryan turn the lights off on you again? I think so. Or there's a ghost in this house at this hour. And now I'm scared. Okay, we got to finish, guys.
This is going to turn into a ghost tour. <laughs> Hold on. Now come back. Okay. Let there be light. Okay, wrap it up before it starts flickering. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, folks, thanks for listening. That's not what you say. Well, I'm just, I'm getting you started. Oh, thanks for stripping with us. Stay weird. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.